With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the 1871 podcast and we're bringing you a special bonus episode tonight with a focus on mental health and a heads up for you that on tomorrow night's episode we'll be bringing you an update on the latest Reading FC news and also a look ahead to next season in League One and that episode is available from 8.45pm tomorrow. And then we'll be bringing you a bonus episode with our reaction to Reading's new manager announcement as soon as it happens. Uh, And we are led to believe that it will be Chris Wilder. And we think the announcement will happen this coming week. Uh, We don't know, but we think it could be as early as as tomorrow. Um, And then that's it for Series 2 of the 1871 podcast. So those next two episodes after tonight will be our last two episodes of uh, Series 2. So, um, Johnny, I'm going to hand over to you to introduce our episodes, introduce our guests even for tonight's episode. So over to you, Johnny. Cheers, evening, everyone. Yeah, so this this is a bit of a special about mental health. We could have had a lot more guests on because there's so many people that uh, have been affected, um, you know, as fans, players, people. But um, tonight, we just, it's a starting off to sort of, you know, get the conversation going around mental health, making a difference. And sort of breaking the stigma um, as people. Um, so I will introduce my merry crew, some I know very well and not so well, and small faces. Um, and so it'd be rude not to start off with ladies first. Carl, good evening. Hiya. How are you? I'm good. You good? Yeah, good, good. So so tell us a bit about yourself in case, well, we all know you, but others don't. Right. So. I still haven't had a actual definitive diagnosis, but I may have schizophrenia and bipolar, or I may have schizoaffective disorder, which is elements of both illnesses, but rolled together in one easier to manage illness, apparently. But whatever, I'm still here. I'm still kicking ass. Yeah, I'm still shouting. Still supporting Reading. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, next on the firing line, Lee. Welcome again, mate. How are you? Very well, Johnny. Much appreciated to have me on here. It's, it's, it does mean a hell of a lot. 
And tell us about your support Fulham. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm a bit slow to this. Um, big Fulham fan, huge Fulham fan, as, as Johnny um, will know. Um, spent many a nights walking from Fulham to uh, Reading uh, countless times and airing our differences and who's rubbish and who's good. And we always uh, battle it out, who's rubbish. But we always seem to come out that Fulham are. But... I'm always outnumbered, but it is the way it is. Um, many moves ago, I really struggled with my with my mental health and really hit a low point. Was taken into a psychiatric unit, and um, many moves ago, I wanted to do a walk from Fulham to Reading. I saw it on the map; it was only this far, so I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to do it. Uh, it can't be that hard." Um, so I went looking for charities, found a charity called Calm, uh, got in touch with them and started reading the website and the facts were unbelievable. Um, so I kind of spoke to my mates and I was like, boys, like, is anybody feeling like this? Because I'm feeling like I'm alone and they all were talking about it and it kind of spurred me on to, to do the walk. Um, I was going to do it on my own, but then a mate of mine joined me. Um, it was great and the feeling after was sensational it's better than anything i've ever done in my life that first walk was unbelievable it still gives me just just pure immense pleasure just thinking about it and people started coming up to me talking to me about their own problems and i thought we've got to kick on with this and then phoned up a bbc uh fire 606 and that's where um a uh, little reprobate called Johnny got in touch with me and that, that's the history. Uh, that was, what was that, eight, nine years ago now? Oh, something it's like that, been, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been a hell of a long time. Uh, we've still been plodding on um, over the years, doing more and more. It's just it's just really tiring at the moment. It's hugely tiring. Yeah, but it's all you. good. We're, we're going good. Okay, good. Thank you, mate. And uh, now next on to um, one of our walking colleagues there, uh, Dean. Dean Heaper, ex Peterborough, all shot, a few other teams. How are you, Dean? Good to see you. All good. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure to join you guys. And um, obviously, I know um, Lee and Johnny. And obviously, sorry, sir, I, I didn't know you. I don't think we met. Um, but yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be amongst you. Um, my own personal story is out there, really. It's been documented many times. I started my own. Um, I don't like the word mental health, to be honest with you, but my mental health, I will use it. Journey, probably when I was 19, I got locked in the Mental Health Institute, padded cell. I had an LSD tablet that sent me a bit wild. I'm actually currently fighting that diagnosis um, and the whole episode that's, well, basically all my life, really. Um, I... <laughs> It's so much gone on, I can't really speak about that, to be honest, at the moment. And we haven't got enough time, so it's <laughs> just a pleasure to be here, um, Lee. It's lovely to see you again, sir. Um, it really is, and uh, I've got enough respect for you, what you did. And hopefully we can kick on. I've just done one recently from on my own, um, from Peterborough to Cambridge for cancer research. Wow. Tough. Um, so, yeah, I've got immense respect for Johnny as well. Um, and everybody that suffered along the way, regardless of diagnosis, regardless of circumstances, um, for people to come out and actually talk about their problems is a huge thing. So thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to be here at the moment. Cheers, Dean. 
And next next on the fire line, Tom. Good evening. How are you? How's how's your dinner? Uh yeah, it's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. It's a pleasure to be here um to talk about what you're all talking about. Um personally on a um foot front, I haven't really kind of suffered with mental health as such, but I have suffered with feeling alone, maybe feeling like there's no one there because of my sexuality and, you know, fighting it and not knowing which way to turn as such. Who to talk to, who to be around, who to tell, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I haven't got the stories that, you know, I can relate in such that it is not nice being alone and not feeling like you're a part of anything or... Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it is hard. It's and there is times when I do struggle still. You know, even at the age of thirty-five, you know, I've been out and proud since I was sixteen. But you know, there's times when you hear when I'm a doorman and I'm on the doors in Reading Town Centre, and someone says some really nasty things and say things like, "I don't know, you faggot," or or, or something like that. And you, you stand there and you kind of think to yourself, well, as you know, even now it, it still affects me to a point. You know, I don't let it get too overbearing, but it still does in your mind affect who you are as a person, I think. It does. Um, Mark, I'm going so, to come, come over to you now. As, yeah, as well, interviewing my, my, co, my host co-host, it's a bit well, weird, we're... but... Yeah, we're swapping roles because um, <laughs> Johnny, I wasn't uh, wasn't feeling too great last week, so Johnny kindly stepped in and, and hosted two episodes last week, two really good episodes. He, he, um, you know, Scott Davis came out and spoke about his own mental health challenges that that he went through, um, and uh, we often mention Brian McDermott, his story, and and Scott and Brian know each other very well, so. Um, yeah, so we're swapping roles tonight. So Johnny's kind of the host, although I did do the introduction, and I'm I'm a guest tonight. And I think my um, my situation is probably quite quite common. So I've um, suffered from anxiety and, and low mood. Um, my mum has for many years suffered from bipolar disorder, um, and I've had times when I've felt you know very down and um probably irrational thoughts um but a lot of my kind of problems have been worrying about things that have happened in the past uh regretting things that have happened in the past worrying about the future and I'll sort of come on to that a bit later but I think it's really important to mention Johnny that whenever you hear the phrase mental health and, and Dean kind of uh alluded to this earlier it, it just conjures up negative implications for people. I think people automatically think of it in negative terms. And I think it's important to say that everyone has their physical health and everyone has their mental health. So everyone has physical health. Everyone has mental health. Some people have good physical health. Some people have bad physical health. Some people are kind of generally okay, but they might have a few kind of minor physical issues. And it's the same with, with mental health. So it's exactly the same and the two affect each other. And, and obviously through my own experience, I've had counselling and all that sort of thing. I've done some research 
um, the, the two things affect each other. So if your mental health is suffering, your health, your physical health can suffer and, and vice versa. So I think my dad summed it up really well that um, he said, if someone has a broken leg, you can see it, you know exactly what the issue is. But um, if you're struggling with mental health challenges, people can't see it. And, and a lot of the time they don't understand it. So I think that's a big challenge and it's part of the reason why, why we're doing this tonight, I think really. So, um, and another thing I would say is, and I had a chat with Brian McDermott recently. Um, and he said to me that people like myself, Brian, you, Johnny, uh, we're unusual because we're, we're quite open about it. Um, a lot of people, you will look at them and assume they're okay, but it might be that they're struggling and they're just not talking about it. So, that's part of why we're doing this episode to, you know, encourage people to to open up because you, you're not, you know, like Tom said, their feelings of being alone. You're not alone. A lot of people, and I think my situation is probably fairly common. Um, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling anxious, um, you know, you're you're definitely not alone. There are a lot of other people. So, um, yeah, that's kind of. That's why I'm a guest this time, Johnny. Yeah, no. Thank you, Mark. That's so wonderful. Awesome. I appreciate it. I think before we come on to our, our, our last guest, who's probably younger by about 30 years than the rest of us, um, I'll just give you a quick, I mean, people probably know my story, maybe, but just to kind of sum it up. So I've, you know, I've been a nurse for 30 years. Part, most of that time I've been, um, going through an eating disorder, uh, bipolar, depression, anxiety, ups and downs and roundabouts and, you know, but um, having this conversation now with eight people, some we know, some we don't, how easy was that conversation to have between us all? That's what it's about, having those conversations without being judged, without any fear or any sort of stigma around it. And, you know, for me, it means the world to be able to do this as a group of really great people. Um, hopefully this could lead to somewhere else and some more, and keep going and keep building and keep making those connections. Um, but I just wanted to probably, my friend Connor's uh, waiting in the sidelines down. I'm going to bring him in now. Unfortunately, like me, he lives over here in Ireland and supports Reading and Bray Wanderers. So that's, that's enough of an issue to start off with. But uh, evening, Connor, how are you? Hi, everyone. How are we? Hi, Connor. It's, it's, it's lovely to be on this uh, podcast with you all here today. Uh, yeah, so my name is Connor. I'm from the uh, the lovely Emerald Isle. Um, I yeah, I'm I uh, I live in County Wicklow, same as um, same as Johnny, and uh, we kind of met through the, the the likes of uh, of Facebook there, and he added me to the to the WhatsApp group, and it's kind of taken off from there really. I've met some uh, wonderful people last season. Um, being a Redden fan in 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 all aspects in in both in Ireland, England, and and most recently in Stockholm in Sweden, um, fantastic. Um, who I've met from supporting Redden. Suppose I've got Asperger's syndrome, so it's a very mild case. Uh, so it doesn't really affect me as much as other people on the spectrum would be affected by it, but uh, it it I do get affected by it. Um obviously and like when it happens sometimes it can be easy to overcome 
overcome sometimes it can be very hard for you to overcome just depends on the, on the situation i suppose hold on let's just come to you to the to start this off because i'll start off about talking around stigma around mental illness and and our lives and and you know your recent experience at man united if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of that with everyone just to kind of give a an idea of what you went through um which was not pleasant yeah johnny that was a very uh very interesting experience uh i have to say um there were so many emotions felt that particular day it uh very overwhelming so we were getting ready for the big game it was manchester united v reading in the fa cup uh it was going to be fantastic uh my friend and i we flew over from from ireland for it um stay in the in the hotel football fantastic hotel and we just kind of went into manchester and, and we met up with um with a fellow um exile from the same group that johnny and i are in and we met up anyway and we were getting ready then we had like a couple of drinks well i had a couple of drinks they had a lot more than me because they're able to handle it a bit better you know i had a, i had only a couple because I don't really like to get drunk going into these games. I like to actually in, like enjoy the match and brace it. So just a couple of socializers, you know. And we went into the stadium. Uh, we were given our tickets and that, and we all went queuing up. This is where it started getting a bit overwhelming. I'd never been in a place with as many people as Old Trafford, like huge amount of people, and. I got a bit overwhelmed. I lost my surroundings and I started queuing up on my own without even knowing it. I got in anyway, scanned the ticket. Fine. Next thing turned around. I had a match day scarf, which I I, I dropped. Um, they called me back to pick it up. And then that's when uh, that's when I started kicking off. Uh, the stewards told me, um, sorry, mate, we're not letting you in. And I go, why? And they say, yeah. Uh, your peoples are massive, mate. You're on drugs, and I was like, "No, I'm not on. I'm not on any drugs whatsoever." And they go, "Have you been drinking?" Um, I said, "Yeah. I mean, I've I've had a couple before I got here. Like, I wasn't really sure of my words as such. Yes, I have a bit of a stutter, but uh, it wasn't a bit work." And they said, "You've been have you had, you had you've had two, have you? All oh, right, mate. You've had more than two. And I was like, "No, really." And they told me to go and sit down. I guess they saw I was getting a bit riled up. So I, I did that. I obliged. And I came back. And they basically got the supervisor. The supervisor said um, you were that I was abusive to the last person I spoke to. I was cursing at them and everything. I was like, no, I was not cursing at you. Uh, I was not being abusive to anybody. And... Long story short, this kept going on and on and on. Every time I spoke to someone, they kept saying I was a bit abusive and cursing and I was on drugs and they weren't taking my side of the story. Uh, they weren't listening to me. They told me to sit down again, which I obliged again because first I was getting a bit riled up having to say the same thing over and over again. And then I heard them say to each other, oh, we're not, we're not letting this fella in. So I sat down for a bit anyway and I... I and I tried again, and they said, uh, mate, we were going to let you in, but now you're being abusive again, so, um, you know, we're not letting you in. Sorry, mate. And uh, 
you can imagine how, what I was feeling at this point. I was feeling a lot of anger and I was feeling a lot of just, I was just overwhelmed. Confrontation on top of it, it all didn't really help matters. They threatened to get the police involved. I said I would love that because I would just tell them exactly what I told them. And I, ended, I found the police officer myself. They were willing to help me. The supervisor came over, said, basically told the story of the drugs thing. And then um, the police said, mate, we'll, we'll arrest you if you don't leave the situation. So, uh, yeah, I kind of went back to the hotel room and just, I just went to sleep. I just wasn't even bothered to watch the match at that point anymore. I just, I was just so angry and just so upset that I just, I went to sleep. So, uh, yeah, it was a night to forget. I mean, I come all that way to go to Big Brown at Gold Trafford. And it was going to be a great night. And my friends got in because they were together, whereas I'd split. And that was the kind of big thing I'd split from them. And that's what kind of started the whole thing. So it wasn't great. Thanks for sharing that with us, Connor. I know you had a better experience with Reading afterwards when you went over. I know it's not the same, but it made up for it a little bit. But um you know that that you know in 2023 is an example of what's kind of wrong with the world um i know you, if you don't mind me saying kind of know you know part of as i am over here the the charity got now idea of you that to say that you have asperger's that you can show when you go into grounds and take some of that stress away but it shouldn't it shouldn't yes. get to that point you know it's just badly managed but and i thought it was kind of where i'm leading with this now is the kind of you know looking at stigma and the negativity around and if anyone else has got examples that they could share. <clears throat> Dean from your playing career, Lee from fans, Bill Cars, Tom, you know, from, from all, all your different experiences, I'd love to hear from yourselves that you'd share with us that um, can help like Connor's powerful message. Anyone? <laughs> Just, I just want to say this, the education of the security staff and the police alone, um, they are, um, I've had experience myself recently, um, I've been arrested four times um, in the last year, um, also shoved back into a mental health institute that I shouldn't have been in, that case has been proven, I've got to be careful where I say here, because um, it's still in lawyers and solicitors' hands, to be honest, um, but I'm happy to share that, that I think it's an educational thing. Um, I've spoken to, had interviews with the Met. Um, I've got a good friend that is, and I hope he's happy for me to say this, quite high up in Scotland Yard, the education system within them. Um, I will protect them to a certain extent because he is a good friend and um, they're trying their best. They're really trying, but their hands are tied too. Um, I don't want to really go to political one because I sit centre as much as I possibly can politically. Um uh, yeah, I don't really know how far I can go with that. But just to say they are working on it, I think from the stewards' perspective, I know less so. Um, but it is an educational thing for me um, personally. I think they really need to look at themselves. If they're in a position of power, they think they are empowered, some of them. Um, and, yeah, it's purely that. And understanding for everybody, um, whatever circumstances they may go through, um, and I think it was mentioned earlier regarding 
that we can't see what's wrong with people mentally. Do you know what I mean? And that sounds damning, that statement, but we cannot see. If you've got a plaster on your leg, you'd probably be respected a lot better than you would, let's say, I don't know what diagnosis. I'm not really personally big with diagnosis. I think we're all individuals. And once you box someone in that diagnosis, that becomes a stigma in itself. I think I've got a lot to say here, but I, I think I better just shush on the line. No, Johnny, Johnny, yeah, I've got, I got a question for you, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hearing Connor's story um, and going back to what Tom said about uh, abuse, um, what do you think? Do you think people that are giving out abuse, because there's still a lot of racist abuse, for example, um, you know, is it, do you think it might be that they've got some sort of issue themselves or is it ignorance or, or what do you think it, it might be? Because, you know, the the impact that it has on, you know, and like Tom said, it's not just footballers, it's people in, it's not exclusive to football, it's in everyday life, yeah. people are getting abuse, whether it's for, for race or sexuality or, or whatever. Um, where, where do you think that comes from? Why Why are people doing that? There is definitely, and I've experienced that there's definitely an element, you know, where people that have worked with, you know, mental illness wise, their behaviours are part of an illness that aren't them. But that's the minority, I think, in, in the world. I think there is, unfortunately, you see it every, you know, you know, 2023, and we, you know, we're still seeing a lot of. Uh, discriminatory behaviours towards people and I think that's culture it's you know society um, where, do you, where do you start with it it's it, I, I personally as well. try to come from a positive you know place in this world and we've all been sorry Dean like we've all been through our journeys with people and and I've spoken to a lot of folks here about our journeys at different times and you know, we try to see the good in people and we try to make difference however we can, small or big, and look out for each other because we've all been damaged in some way and, and that culture is still allowed to continue. And I, it, it, that education, for me, it's it's about, I, I always say, you know, in my head, talking about your mental illnesses should be as easy as ordering a cup of coffee or, for, you know, for my little one when she's 18, it's normal conversation, everyday conversation. Like, oh, you've got cancer. Well, I'm so sorry to hear this. You've got bipolar, whatever. Oh, okay. That's that's you. And and that that's this conversation, as I said at the start, is that this is this is the model for normality in, in, in the mental health world. You know, it's just people talking. Like there's no oh, I can't believe that. And there's no judgment of each other, we're just people. And that's huge. And, uh-huh. you know, I'd like to, you I know, think, Tom, you you know, sorry. you were gonna chip in there, sorry. I think obviously being being a match day supervisor at Reading, um I, I think you're right in what you're saying, that it it does stem down to education because you know, if, even for myself, you know, I'm not educated enough to the point that I understand all hidden disabilities. You know, I I don't know what to look out for or what telltale signs to to spot when someone's coming towards the main gates when we're we're letting them in. So I think there is a, a lot more that needs to be done in terms of educating stewards and staff on 
certain things to spot for, you know, because there is, I've, I've done it before on the doors where someone's come to the door and I've made a mistake because I thought they were drunk and they're not. They, they have a disability and I can't remember exactly what the disability was, but it made them look like they were un, unsteady on their feet and they were pissed. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Excuse my French. They were drunk. <laughs> sorry. Um, and they weren't. They had a, they had a disability that they quite happily disclosed. And afterwards, I, I felt awful, you know, because I've automatically, as a society and as a human being, we, we do, we do automatically jump to the wrong conclusions. You know, so I think education is a big thing in terms of educating people, staff and bar staff and whoever. It doesn't matter. We need to be, as a society, need to understand what the telltale signs for the disability is. Tom, Tom, can I just come back to you and then Dean wants to come in. Sorry, John, I don't want to hog this conversation. No, but, you're fine. No, you're fine. But what Connor said and what Tom's just said there, I've got a really kind of extreme example of how we should never judge people because we don't know what's going on. Um, this is a friend of my brother's who who I knew quite well. He was 49 years old. He went into... Um, uh, a hotel reception in Reading and he was uh, feeling really unwell and they dismissed him as being drunk. So the, he said, "I." he went in, he was staggering around, he needed help and um, and they they thought he was just drunk. He went outside because they wouldn't help him. He collapsed and died because he'd had, I think he'd had a brain hemorrhage or something like that. So... You know, I know that's an extreme version, but I come back to what I said earlier that I think we're too quick to assume and, and judge people, really. So sorry to interrupt there. Conversation. And I think, you know, from following on from Connor there, we followed up with the Man United stewards. And the lady was very nice. And she said, well, based, you know, if you're under the influence of alcohol, you, you shouldn't be allowed in the ground. And I, well, that's a big statement to make because... Anyone who's had a pint is under the influence of alcohol going into a ground. And it's like, well, you're setting a, a very dodgy point there. How many people have a few beers and go to a game? It's like, you know, you're not going to admit you're wrong, but educate and, and learn and use this as an example to move on. Dean, I'll move back to you, mate. Well, I've lost those unbelievable stories there. Um, I've got a few examples now. I was going to jump on on the education. I didn't want to hammer home the education one so much because um, we've all probably got a story of misjudgment. So from a steward's perspective, you know, we, we all jump in sometimes and think something that would perhaps, you know, I'll let me carry on from now. I just wanted to say that there's perhaps not completely education. I think it's life skills. And often it comes with um, walking in someone's shoes. Um, we've all got a story here. Um, one way or another. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes the wiser ones have actually walked in a lot of shoes, let's say, on trauma, on mental health issues or whatever that may be. And that gives you the tools to read. You know, going back to the drug aspects, unfortunately, I was quite a heavy drug user when I was younger. I can go in a bar now and tell nine times out of ten what people are on. Um, I can tell whether it's alcohol fueled and both. I'm not putting myself on a pedestal by any means because I read people quite quickly. Um, 
and through doing what I do as a living now. Um, yeah, from from the mental health side of perspective as well. But there's always someone different. I think all I can say on that is we're all on different journeys. And going back to the box one, I just don't like the diagnosis because everybody's an individual and we should be treated that way. And, you know, trauma comes from a childhood thing. It's not necessarily the diagnosis might come. You might be that. But going back further, there's always a story that sort of um, takes you a certain way. Sorry, Lee, carry on. No, no, I was just going to jump in and just talk about our mate, our mate Jamie, um, uh, Reading supporter. Um, he come to a walk, when was it? Um, come and help me out here, Johnny. The first one. No, no sorry, the second one. The, 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 um, he From did Reading the, to Fulham. to Reading. And he did the third, he did the other one back. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all in the bar at, um, at Reading's ground, uh, getting ready to uh, set off. We've had a drink. Uh, Jamie was in there. Uh, Jamie uh, is phew, the most <laughs> remarkable lad I've ever met in my life. Um, Jamie has cerebral palsy. He he has trouble walking. Um, me and me and Johnny uh, went. Oh, he's with us. It's fine. It's great. But we were worried because we're walking through the night. We're worried like how we're we going to get him back. What's going to happen? But like, we're planning ahead. Little did we know that Jamie. Um, uh, just just went for it. Um, literally just walked and walked, and it was the first time he's been out and spoke to other people uh, since we've had loads more walks with him. And he's he's got a new job now. He's looking really after himself. He was going to Reading away with his friends now, and to see this lad that was quite timid. And I, I, I'm going to hold my hands up. Both me and Johnny made that assumption. Like we've been we've been looking at like if he, if he does not complete it, we're going to have a backup plan to get him out and and help him out. But my God, this boy is the most amazing lad. I can't think of Jamie without smiling. Like literally, he is the most. He's a machine. Wonderful character <laughs> yeah. I've ever met in my life. He's so always up for everything. He's reading through and through. <laughs> he was gutted about being relegated. But I had to give him a bit of stick, but he's just such <laughs> a wonderful character. You can't, like, I'll go back to what Dean said, you can't just put everybody in a box. You know, we live in a society where, oh, you got that, you're in that box. You, you got this, you're in that box. You got ginger hair, you're over there. You're black, you're over there. You're Asian, over there. You know, no, no, like Dean said, everybody's an individual. Totally. And what you think of someone is nine times out of ten. Not really what, what it's all about. You'd be surprised how wonderful people are once you get to know people. And and how amazing like people like Jamie, who just is just a Duracell battery that goes on and on and on and don't let a disability hinder him. It's just it just blows my mind, and it's just I take so much pride in seeing him on Facebook, putting pictures out of Reading. He's at the away games with his pals. It just gives me a proper sense of enjoyment and fun, and his job. I I just love it, and that's all down to to walk and talk, Johnny, Dean, Kaz, and all the other Fulham and all that people that have all interacted with Jamie, and he, he loves every one of you, and it's just it's just so amazing awesome. to see. I wanted yeah, to put a positive on something. On. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's just he's just unbelievable he's already told me he's I was I was loving this yeah I was when I met the first time like we were just we were <laughs> listening to his story and it, it was remarkable like it was 
I can't swear, but everything, uh, every away game he goes to, there's a certain word he would text me. So um, <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> you can on here, mate. Believe me, that, that, if we had a few words, don't worry. Just, just I would fix this shithole. I said, how was, how was, how was Rotherham? <laughs> One word, shithole. How was Sheffield? Shithole. <laughs> it's, it's constant. And I'm just like, oh, do you know what, Jamie? Don't ever change. But he's always got a smile on his face. And I think, yeah. I think he's, he's a person, one of my favourite favorite people I've ever met in my life. He's just so adorable and I take a lot out of Jamie and just he inspires me to keep doing things and keep going on. And... I, I was sitting uh, next to him at one of the at one of the Redding games in Club 1871 and uh, he was just so passionate. He was screaming like abuse at the referee and uh, he was singing chants. Oh, it was brilliant watching him now. It really was. He's, he's come a hell of a long way. I was talking to his brother and his sister. He's come a hell of a long way. Um, over the last couple of years since he's integrated with us. We walked from Reading, like from Brighton to Arsenal the end of last season, 78 miles. And towards the end, we got to Blackfriars and Jamie was really struggling. So what we all done, me, Charlie, as a few other of us, just literally just took it in turns and carried him on our back. We, we we won't let a man down. We will take you with us. We got If it takes us an extra half an hour, 45 minutes, two hours, don't matter. We're all going together. We all start together. We all finish together. And it was just 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 remarkable, just the camaraderie, seeing it unfold in front of you, the positivity that life mm. can actually give and people can actually give each other is just second to them. Well, another person that does that for me is Carl's. As a, a big shout out to one of yes. the people out there, um, yes. just just someone that I've known for a long time who was there at the start of our first walk league. Wasn't she? Yeah, she doesn't age at all, does she? No, no, we do. She doesn't. I don't <laughs> know. Tell me about it. Tell me about uh, it. Cars, like I mean, you 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 know, you're uh, you know, t- say as much or as little as you want about your journey, but you you you're an inspiration to me for what we've done for these last few years, um, and you've been through stuff yeah this is your this is your platform <laughs> oh i don't even know where to start um i'm with claire at the moment and i said i've been on medication since i was 13 almost constantly since i was 13 that's 40 years and Sometimes times are really, really hard. And I've done ridiculous things to remove myself from from life. I'll term it like that. But I've been found each time and I'm still here. And it is predominantly people who support Reading and football fans in general who have got me here. Because without without you guys, I would not be here. I really would. I'm sorry, I'm welling up now. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, I'm... You're a good girl, man. Keep going. She's the boss. <laughs> I've been in hospital more times than I care to remember. And so they've actually, I have actually been on the psychiatric ward for seven months straight and I didn't miss a single Reading game because the, the medics decided that going to football would be 
more beneficial than keeping me in the hospital on meds all night. That's the best treatment ever, isn't it? To be honest, they yeah. should they should do that more often for people. That's home and away. That was yeah. away games as well. Uh, they were absolutely phenomenal about that. It was like, no, you can go to your football. We'll, we'll make it happen. And um, people say the NHS is crap, but they let me do that. So, oh, well, so how, how good is the Reading football community, though? I, I, it does so much to me. You know, there's a there's a whole group there, isn't there? That yeah, it, it's mm. a special place for us, regardless of the football. And Tom as well, mm. you know, it is, isn't it? It's a I don't know. You put it in your words. Um, well, it's almost like it's the football first and then everything else comes around that. If without football, we wouldn't be there in the first place. So that's the common denominator. We're all there for the same reason. Even if you're not a Reading fan, it's all football. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, teams go down, teams go up. And you might have a laugh about it. Obviously, not Reading, obviously. It's very, very serious. <laughs> you know, nothing to joke about there. But Leeds, you know. And, yeah. and Luton going up, I was, I was a bit annoyed about that. And then I thought, well, actually, Premier League need Luton. <laughs> they need that ground because that is football. It's a big PRA medication. It's not the Emirates. It's Kenilworth Road. Yeah. Off, off, the, off the pitch for me, uh, just... <laughs> Supporting Redden has just—it's uh, been remarkable um, mm. over the years. I've got a huge connection there. That's the reason why I'm Irish supporting Redden. Um, huge connection there, and it just brings back kind of good memories as to when I used to live over there and that. And obviously, then like meeting these wonderful people like Johnny and Jamie, who we mentioned as well, and a few others. As I said, I've literally. Never been, to, never been to Sweden before. I met, I met someone over there, part of the same group, and I, and I, I got to witness Eurovision and a Hammerby match where they won. It was remarkable. Uh, but just kind of being a Redden fan is, has been great. In Ireland, supporting Redden now, you know when you when you when people say, "Oh, who who you support?" I they say Liverpool United, and they ask me, and I go Redden, and they go. Really? Uh, why are you supporting Redden for? And I'm always happy to tell the story, you know. It's a great conversation starter, to be fair. And that's that's what football is. It is a conversation starter. That's why we do the walks in the sense that, comparing to me and Johnny had never met, we do the walk. Me and Dean never met. Uh, me and Kaz never met. But we like what we said, Kaz. This is like we all have a good... Football is our, our lives. Football is everything to us. To start the conversation there is phenomenal and it just shuts down loads of barriers. If you spoke to a man about anything other than football, you get a yes, no, maybe so answer. But now you just go into depth. I've, I've seen it a billion times. I still see it today. And it's just it's remarkable how football brings everybody together. Dean, over to you, Mike. I know you want to come in there. No, I just wanted to say, uh, listen, I'm humble in this situation. It's beautiful to hear. Um, and I've been very fortunate in my life to be both sides of the fence, if that makes sense. Uh, it's not a hierarchy one. I think the lads will back me that I'm as humble as I come with what I've d- done and achieved in football. Um, but yeah, from the fans' perspective, I don't think, um, going back to um, Jamie, what an inspiration. I, I was lucky enough to... And the last one, I, I was a backup for Johnny 
and a few others. I, I had my old Volkswagen camper, classic camper, and I was backing them up. Um, I gave him a massage, gave him some new trainers towards the end. That uh, He felt like he was floating. He's an absolute inspiration. And I think more players need to hear the fans' perspective, not only on the mental health aspect, just, you know, your life's as, as an inspirational as the players, to be honest with you. And I don't think it gets respected enough. I've got to ask you a question on that, uh, Dean. Far away. You, do you think that obviously in the Premier League it's a di- different, different kind of thing? That's a different level, should we say? Do you think so the player, yeah, exactly? Do you think the player and the fan don't have a relationship? As in, and you would do it like your 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 local league clubs, as Peterborough, Fleetwood, not mm. you know, proper local league clubs like Luton and so forth. Do you, do you feel like? Bigger clubs could do a hell of a hell of a hell of a lot more, or is it too far detached that it can't be brought back? Well, yes, that's a difficult question to answer, but I think both, to be honest with you, I think the financial aspects of the bigger clubs now, um, that certainly divided that. You know, it's it's all about the money, unfortunately. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, as you know, sort of rise through from Sunday League to non-league to, foot, to professional football, the second tier. And drop back down. I've always been. I'd love them to the non-league. I know you got involved, Lee, from a non-league perspective. And Marlowe has mentioned earlier. I'm as proud as playing for Marlowe as I am Peter Swindon or whoever I played for. Um, to be paid to play football is an absolute privilege. And I think sometimes now the higher. Um, I don't want to damn every Premier League player or elite player. Let's say. Um, I think a few of them need to get their feet on the ground, if I'm honest with you. Um, sorry, so I, I don't know what happened there. I wholeheartedly agree there. I, I really do. Um, I think football is just, just so far-fetched. I think there needs to be... I think the Supporters Trust, I spoke to Untold Supporters Trust, and the style were good, to be fair. I really do rate the style, but a lot of them have no interest other than... Just the basic stuff. It's no like fighting against the club and trying to get things done and prove things. It's just I'm not gonna say anything about the Fulham one, but um, it's just not. It's just not for me, if I'm honest. I think they're a bit of a, a bygone era at the moment. I think, um, I think we could take that to a further level in society in general. Yeah, I'm not gonna get on the political platform. <laughs> I've had many, and Lee and I have had many discussions off camera and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, I know where I stand with it, but the elitist is is taking over. It's it's quite yeah. sad to see whether that's the the, the sport really is. Uh, it it really is good. Um, like I'm a I'm a League of Ireland supporter as well. I uh, my local club is the is Bray Wanderers. Um, fat. It's a it's a it's like a lovely ground. Uh, it's in a great setting. It's like it's right next to transport, so it's very it's very easy to get to, and. Um, we're in like the the first division, which is the the second division, basically. Um, yep. And uh, we're currently in the playoffs, but just the kind of the, the atmosphere. We're not really at the at the Carlisle grounds, unfortunately, with the way Bray Wanderers have gone. But we're, it's it's coming back though. But the whole League of Ireland itself is just it's it's just incredible. You get many like good like away days. I've I've been to I've, I've been to a couple. Uh, Furbray Wonders. Um, it was like the playoff final, I think, in the first season where against UCD, it was 
a great atmosphere at Daily Mount Park. And then I was at, but then I was at Tolka Park as well for uh, Dublin Derby. And it's just, it's incredible. <coughs> Tom, it's, I'm going to uh, bring you in there. Sorry, sorry, Connor. Just because I know conscious of the time and everything else. Um, I was just going to um, literally add, like, when, so my first game was when I was six years of age. So I didn't actually support Reading or like football until my dad took me to Elm Park. And do you know what? The, one of the first persons that I met when I was a kid, and I can still remember this to, to this day, and that was Cars. <laughs> and we were on a away trip, and it was my first away game. And I kid you not, ever since, like, she's just inspired me because of her never say, what's the word? Never say die attitude or something. You know, and I, I always, like, I used to go home at the weekend after being on a way trip, and we used to be always on the same coach. And I used to say to my dad, I really love that lady. She was amazing. She made me feel so good about myself, you know? And that, that's, that's cars. Mm-hmm. So the community runs all the way to when I was six. Yeah. Mark, can I bring you in? No, mate. Sorry, you've been waiting Yeah, um, just go back to what Tom said there and what Cars and Lee said earlier. I, I think this is actually sort of part of what we're talking about. And it's been, been mentioned a few times that being a football fan, you're actually part of a, a community. It's like a, a group of friends, isn't it? Um, yeah. There's a sense of belonging to something, which I think is important for mental health. You know, win or lose. One of my, we discussed on the podcast recently, Johnny, our favourite games. One of my kind of favourite memories of supporting Reading was a defeat. We went up to Crewe, stood behind the goal. Uh, We lost 1-0. Craig Hignett scored the goal. But, yeah, it's just such a great day. We went up in the car, you know, it was just a, a good experience. So win or lose, you know, you're still going to support the club. We've we've got relegated. I'm actually, as a Reading fan, I'm now looking forward to winning more than we lose. Hopefully, we don't know. <laughs> don't get carried away. <laughs> look at, you know, I watched, I watched all the playoff games. I mean, look at the, look at sort of, okay, Barnsley didn't go up, but they went down, they nearly went up. Look at Carlisle. I'm really pleased for Carlisle because it's a small club, you know, and they've had their, their day. It's in bloody the miles season. away though, isn't it? Yeah. We had, we had the Sim, you know, we had the Simog Cup final. Okay, it was only the Simog Cup, but what a day that was. It was like the greatest day for many Reading fans. And and I think football football does that. Football's really powerful. And and I agree what, you know, Dean was saying about, uh, and uh, I think, Lee, you were talking about the disconnect. But I think football, and the reason why football is so powerful and there's so much interest in it, is because it is, it's like a tribal thing. It's like being part of a community. And there's there's a, a lady that I know not well, but... Um, uh, somebody called Tara Hancock. So she was, her story is that she'd made up her mind uh, she was going to commit suicide, that she was going to do it. Um, someone took her to a football match and she was a bit reluctant, but she decided to go. And then all of a sudden she felt like she got a buzz out of it and she felt like she was part of something. And And from that point, she then decided she wanted to help other people and she set up a charity called Sport Against Suicide. And I think we, we've we've talked about this already and I really wanted to say this. And, and as I say, I think my 
my own personal experience is probably very common. Uh, and what's helped me, and I'm not an expert in this, but what's helped me is talking to people. Uh, and I say that for a few reasons. So I've had counselling, that's helped. I've been on medication, that's helped. But for me, the most powerful thing and the biggest impact that's helped me is talking to friends and family about how I feel. And it's like, I'd compare it to like when your rubbish bin gets full, you empty your rubbish bin. So it's the same. You can offload your troubles by talking about them. And and I spoke to Brian McDermott recently because obviously he's been through addiction, he's recovered from addiction, and now he kind of helps other people. I saw a talk that he did recently with Russell Brand, which was brilliant. And And one thing he said to me that really helped me was, he said, don't worry about the past because you can't change it. Don't worry about the future because it hasn't happened yet. Just actually, instead of worrying about the past or the future, just focus on making the most of the present, appreciating what you do have. Um, and pe- of course, people get stressed and anxious about money and, and all sorts of things and what you don't have. There's always people that are worse off than you. Um and I, I would say, and it's something that I've said to my daughters, do what makes you happy. You know, just don't worry too much about what other people think. Be yourself, be your authentic, genuine self. And also, if you are feeling anxious or you're feeling low or depressed, talk to your friends and actually you'll find you might be a bit worried about what your friends will think of you. So there's that kind of stigma in play. But actually, by you talking to them, they'll take that as a massive compliment. And that's what I found. And um, one of my issues, I've got this kind of um, anxiety connected with money. So one of my issues was the consequences of me running out of money, which is kind of irrational. But but it was something that that has made me feel really anxious. Um, And I was feeling anxious about something that hasn't happened and a good friend of mine, and this this stuck with me, I, so I told a, a really good friend of mine how I was feeling, you know, my anxiety and, you know, feeling really down about money and stuff like that. And he said, don't worry, everything will be okay. And I thought about it and I thought, do you know what? Generally speaking, everything is okay. And like Brian does, he, he does a um, a gratitude list every day, uh, what he's grateful for. You know, he lives in the moment now. Um, so that's helped me. It's not like totally fixed everything. Uh, I'm still going to get anxiety, but certainly in terms of what's helped me. So if it, if it helps other people, then great. Talk to people about how you're feeling because you'll, you'll get a much more positive reaction than, than you might be worrying about if, if that makes sense. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that, mate. It's so true. I was actually just sitting here looking at all these connections that I've got have been so unplanned but lee never met we decided to walk together dean i met on the walk cars we met geez a game Mark you, got me on the... you start we started following each other after the huddersfield playoff final yeah thanks for that cheerful note <laughs> that's all right <laughs> you, th- you thought that day had gone badly anyway yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true and then Connor, you know, I met through the Exiles group over here because, like, you know, I get a bit isolated over here for home and for health and, you know, struggle at times. But the connections and Tom, 
I got spoken to about the Proud Royals. The connections that you make through football as friends, as people, sometimes it's just, I think, you know, it's meant to be. You're in the right place at the right time to have these things. And I'm so blessed and lucky to have these connections, plus a whole lot of others. And I never quite, you know, I don't know how they happen. I don't know why, but they're meant to be. And that, that's the beauty yeah. of life. And then you, you have those conversations. Uh, you know, it means the world. Dean, over to you. Sorry. No, I just touched on that. Um, many different beliefs on that. But alignment is a huge thing. Do you know what I mean? I'm a big one with, uh, I don't want to get um, faith here or uh, get too deep on it. But We've had a good chat uh, that, about this, haven't we, Dean? <laughs> many times. And Johnny and I too, you know, we were all on a journey with that aspects you know um trying to fathom out the reasons for and why those connections happen and again i'm not one to sit here as judge and jury or preach about what i believe in i think it's just and johnny and i and, and lee and i spoke about it sort of free thinking do you know what i mean let people believe what they want to believe but johnny you touched on it that for me that coming together of people is huge that connection and it, it does happen for a reason. I've got my belief, and I hold that dearly to me. But meeting you two, certainly, and meeting you all now, this, this is happening for a reason, and I'm nothing but grateful for it. Live in the moment. Someone said it earlier. You know, be grateful that you get up. We've all suffered along the way. Be grateful that you tomorrow get up, be happy, and just follow that. It's a beautiful thing. We're still here fighting, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> Can I just say something about the uh, disconnect between clubs and fans? Because it's just it's, it can't just be me. We have got some really, really good players at Reading who do actually take time out that if they haven't seen me for a while outside the ground, they actually when they do see me, they check me out, make sure I'm okay. That you know, I've been I've been healthy. I've just like been doing other things than hanging around outside the ground. So that does go under the radar. So I just want to put that out there. We... Yes, exception is They really like, are. Yeah. They really are wonderful. Um, as a follow up to the traumatic experience that I had had, um, we got Johnny and I got in touch with Redden FC, and I will never forget Redden FC for what they did. Uh, it's remarkable. Uh. I got invited out to Bearwood Park um, and I had a good like walk around. I got to meet all of the staff. I remember they had to separate Brian Carey from myself because he would not stop talking to me. He was so <laughs> invested in me, you know, like two Irishmen chatting to each other, you know what I mean? Chatting about all kinds of things, League of Ireland, Redden, everything. And then I got to meet uh, Paul Ince, Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to meet um, uh, Noel Hunt. He was incredible. Um, I got to meet all of, like, like most of the players, like Tom McIntyre and uh, Mete and all. And But I suppose as as an Irish person, like I'm from County Rary and, and all that stuff, to be able to meet and chat with Shane Long is just that oh, it was just incredible. Not many people can say that they've spoken to Shane Long, um, one of Ireland's like greatest players. And uh, I sadly, him. sadly, I I didn't get a picture with him, but mm. I got to chat with him. That's something. But and Noel Hunt as well. 
um, invited me into an, an analysis meeting and it was great to see how he how he did things with the team and he was pointing out the good things and then giving criticism on the bad. It was just incredible. The whole day, never never forget it. Mark, over to you. We've got a few minutes left. Just... Yeah, it's just some something, I, you know, sometimes these things pop up on um, social media and all that sort of thing you, and you read them and, and sometimes they stick with them, stick with you. Sometimes they can be a bit cringy, but... Um, but I do, but some of them kind of really resonate and really stick with me. And there's one, you know, uh, something along the lines of today is, is not your final destination. The best is yet to come. So you've got, because you don't know what's in the future, um, you, you probably, if you, if you go a year ahead from now and look back, there's probably loads of good stuff that you don't know yet that you've got to look forward to. And one of the things that, I saw on social media recently that was really interesting. There was there was a guy talking to to people who were suffering from, you know, anxiety, low mood, depression, that sort of thing. And he said to them, look, if I gave you a million pounds now, would that make you happy? And they said, well, yes. And he said, OK, well, if I gave you 10 million pounds now, but this is your last day on earth, would, you know, would, would you take the 10 million pounds? And they said, no. And he said, so what that means is you value more getting up tomorrow morning than 10 million pounds. And I, I I don't know why it's you could look at it and say well, it's a bit of a kind of fringe worthy statement. But I, th- I think that kind of puts things into perspective a bit. Um, and I know it's a bit profound, but I, I think the fact that we we do get to, you know, and, and some people will wake up in the morning and, and they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders. But talking about what we've been talking about there are people out there that care and if you you know if you reach out to them and um it's like going back to what tom says you you yes maybe you sometimes feel alone but people care and and you can reach out to them and you know you've got a lot to look forward to so again my my own bit of personal advice is if you're feeling low if you're feeling down there's loads of stuff you can do so you can contact your GP, but just talk to friends and family um, because pe- people care and people want to help you. So that that would be my one little bit of advice from my own experience for me to finish on. Thanks. Mark. I just want to go around everyone one last time before I just sign this off because I know we could have this conversation for another two hours. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah. Lee, I just want to go back to you, mate, because we haven't seen each other for however long. Uh, yeah, it's been walk too and long. talk. We've now we're now in Bray Wanderers. <laughs> you're on the shirt, <laughs> and we're taking over Ireland, England, the world. What, what's next? <laughs> what's next for you, mate? What's what's going on with you? I've got to sit down. <laughs> it's the wrong color. It's not black it's and white, Dean. It's not black and white. I'll make for the lads around here. Yes, the lady. yes, Sorry. yes. Um, I've got to sit down. I've got to wait for the fixtures to come out. Um, I've already earshotted a few. I've already spoke to about six clubs, and yeah, work has been going on for ages and ages and ages. And it's just, I'm tired. I've been working today, worked yesterday, worked Saturday. I don't even know. I don't even know. I've just been, I've been so busy. But um, 
there's a lot planned and we're going to come over to Ireland and we're going to stretch our legs in Ireland. So um, we're looking forward to have a drink with, with you and, and, and make memories and have a chat and just have a good time. And, you know, like we say, football Reading community to Cambridge. is huge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> don't, don't even start me. Jamie has told me every league club he wants to walk to. He's got Fleetwood and I'm waiting for a text now saying, Carlisle, we up for it. Like, yeah, he never stops. Work. I love it. Dean. If you know Jamie, you know he would do it. He's just, he's just, he's insane. He's Dean. got the mentality. I like it. Over to you, mate. Like, I want to catch up with you about football clubs. I was not going to let the folks say no. Yeah, doing. hopefully. Yeah, so, um, my own personal journey has been a bit difficult, as you well know, Johnny. I won't go through the ins and outs of that for the last year. So I've just had a few personal issues. So we shut down for nearly a year. I've got many good people coming on board, both professional and outside of that. And Johnny and I actually spoke not that long ago. I really want to do something from the fans' perspective. And Johnny, hopefully, if we have a serious discussion, uh, we can get something going from that perspective because I think the fans are as important as players. Um, On my website, you'll see that we initially set out to look after everybody within football, possibly, um, with the right backing now financially because it's cost me personally a lot of money to set this up. But I feel I've got the right team to move forward to make a difference. So, as we always say, it's you know we save one soul. You know, it's worth doing whatever because that's someone's life. It's always the way, isn't it? One do, mm. makes a difference. One person for all of us. Um, Tom, how where are you there, Tom? Still proud Royals. Where where where's your plan for the year? Um, so we've we've obviously it's been a bit quiet for the last couple of months because. Yeah. I've had a lot of um, personal issues with my private life and work's been a bit hectic. But going we had Lily on. Lily was on with us the other week. Lily Woodham, that was brilliant. Um, we've got a lot in the pipeline. We've got a few meetings that we need to set up with the club because we're still trying to get the club to kind of be a bit more open to a lot of the ideas. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of watch his face. There's going to be a lot more things. We're always going to kind of be around for anyone that needs to talk. You know, they can always just drop us um, a DM in our Twitter if they need to talk or they need someone to kind of reach out to because, you know, we're, we're human. We all need someone to reach out to. Absolutely. And I always say, sometimes I say to people, sometimes you need a stranger that's not in your direct circle to be able to give you advice and listen because, you know, I know personally with me, in the last couple of months, I've contemplated suicide and I've had a lot of issues going on. And I reached out to someone that I actually don't really know that well. And they've pulled me through a lot of things. So, and of course, my friends that obviously hold me close to their heart, you know, they've helped out tremendously. So, so glad to hear it. Mate. Talk. That's all the message. All I say is talk. Yeah. So true, isn't it? Cars, friend. Now, we, we had this discussion, haven't we? We've got to get a mental health support group going in Reading. Yes, we I've do. asked the club, I've asked the club if they're listening. Mm. We've emailed you, you're still not listening. Because um, it's so important, isn't it, over the summer? I think more so because you haven't got the games. People get isolated even more, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah, they, they do. If we can try and uh, use this as a platform maybe to... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It needs it needs to get started. I think, I think the fans have 
we've done a bit, a bit of a lower because of the relegation anyway. So we we pro we, pro we probably needed now more than ever. We haven't even started yet. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Now, do a quick word to uh, Lee, if I may. Lee. Make it, make it polite. Uh, yes. <laughs> Jamie's idea of walking to Carlisle. Just be, yeah. just be grateful he doesn't live in Exeter. That's all I'll say. <laughs> He'll still be up for it. <laughs> He'll still be up for it. He'll yeah, still do it. <laughs> He's, he's a and, mission. He's an absolute machine. The boy is, is unbelievable. <laughs> you think you do it. Difficulties and he makes life so much better, doesn't he? Positivity. Breed positivity. Go out tomorrow and be positive. Put a smile yeah. on one person's yeah. face and it's a domino effect and it carries on. And do you know what? The simplest things make people the happiest. It's all it's literally it. And that might be a, a talk at three o'clock in the morning. Um... You know, there's a great song at the moment, uh, Louis Dunford. Uh, Dean might know of Louis Dunford, North London Forever. Uh, we went up to Manchester to see him recently. Right. Uh, there's a song, uh, Boys Don't Cry. Uh, it's, it is, it's phenomenal. Um, if you get a chance to listen to it, well, well, well worth it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's really heart-wrenching. and There's a lot of facts in it. But thanks for having me on. Thanks, uh, Johnny. I just go. I've got something here for you, mate. You'll like this one. Connor, come into us, mate. Guess, tell the gang what, what I've lulled you into. Yes, Johnny and I are doing uh, a charity walk on Saturday, the tenth of June. It is a sixty-kilometer walk, sixty-two, 62 to mate. be exact, uh, from Hoth in County Dublin to Wicklow Town. Uh, we're start yeah, so we're starting up in Holt, obviously. We're getting the uh train up, we're gonna meet there and it's basically like it's pretty much almost a coastal walk. Uh it, it's it's very close to it. Up uh, into Dublin City, down along the the N eleven and all, and then we're hoping to end it uh along along the coast into Wicklow. That'll be a fantastic way to end it, I I think. We're stopping in a pub in the halfway mark just for a bit of grub just to get ourselves fuel to keep going for the rest of the walk and that so uh there's four of us doing it from um hold to shank hill and then from there it's just myself and johnny until unless anyone else wants to yeah. join in for that part of the walk but it's uh it's remarkable my uh the company i work for they're getting behind they're going to get behind it as well and uh it's going to be uh it's going to be remarkable i and it's for uh, as i am isn't it kind of the yes we're doing it for the autism charity as i am uh they are fan they are a fantastic charity they do they they do a lot in that and yeah good luck guys good luck it, it will be working yeah. yeah it'll be my it'll be my, my very first walk of doing that i've probably done last after yeah, probably <laughs> last take ear defenders as well I, right? have, yeah. <laughs> I i have done cycles of that length but i've never walked that length so it's going to be you never walked it with me either lee what he said, like, <laughs> you know, he said where, where are we stopping for coffees and stuff i was like oh, yeah no nah, it's not gonna happen mate really no, no, through the night go 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 <laughs> sorry dean very quickly back to you mate and then i'll, I'll just have sorry I've, I've hogged a little bit but i just want to big up johnny um absolute legend of a man who's done so much for reading particularly but outside of that people don't really He's the most humble person uh, um, behind the scenes. He's done so, so much. Believe me, I know what he's done. Um, people talk about DMs and people. We've had many conversations over the last, 
I don't know how long has it been, Johnny, four years or so that we've known each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was probably about that. But, yeah, enough enough respect for you, um, what you were trying to achieve. And you, you're always so humble with it. I think what I will say is that um, often, especially online, unfortunately, and I go, I go negative, positive with the way I speak, but it's just the way I am. Um, there's a lot of people online that, and Johnny and I have discussed this offline, that are egotistical, let's say, with what they're doing. But Johnny, uh, Adley himself, are so humble with their, their movements, and I just hope that some of the big boys get behind them. Um, there's many charities out there that perhaps have gone a little bit business formats for my liking, but um, I, I, I know you two boys. You keep going, and I know something's going to happen, and hopefully the right people with a, a little bit of finance might get behind you, and the movement just goes forward. So thank you very much, everybody, for having me on. I know I didn't know many of you. Um, I know Lee and Johnny well, um, but it's been an absolute pleasure. And Dean, let's be honest. Yeah. There's, there's no one else that ever could do the Spice Girls at Roundabout and Bracknell on New Year's Eve. <laughs> We've still got the photographs. We've still, got the, we still got the evidence. And, and one last thing, one last thing on Lee. I was carrying, um, a, I was carrying a bottle of champagne all the way from Reading to, to uh, Bracknell as a surprise. It's weighing me down. I was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> I'll just say one thing on Lee as well, the determination to go out on your own. And I've done that yeah. walk on my own now to set off what you set off, my friend. And don't be holding on to too much because I think now the explosion is right for your idea, your movement to amalgamate two clubs together as well. I know you're all Reading fans predominantly here, apart from Lee and I, um, but to have two clubs come together was your inspiration why I've done Cambridge and Peter, which is a bitter rivalry, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and I've done it for a, an inspirational fan who's um, got disability himself. Um, you'll hear the story later on we haven't released it yet but um, that's for you Lee um, that is your mm-hmm. move but I've just taken it on board don't you know people need to take the reins and we need yeah. to spread this across so 100%, enough yeah. respect for you Mark I'll bring you in now mate just to finish off before yeah and just just uh, sort of touching on something that, that Dean was saying about people doing it for genuine reasons um, I just sort of like to go on record and publicly say a massive thank you to Brian McDermott because he really helped me, didn't have to. Um, I, I didn't know Brian until very recently. Uh, he knew my dad a little bit through Reading, um, but he he agreed to to meet me and have a chat and it and it really, really helped me. Um, and then uh, a Reading fan called Dale Bradley, uh, who's, who's an addict, he's um, alcohol and, and drug addict. He He reached out to me and and uh, I put him in touch with Brian and Brian spoke to him and Dale said, I really, really appreciated you doing that. So a huge thank you to Brian. And I just want to say, you know, thanks to everyone for um, being part of this and sharing your stories. Uh, and the one thing I hope that we get out of this is that even if one person listens and it helps them in a small way, then, Absolutely. you know, that really makes it all worthwhile. And and I just want a, a message for someone on, on this call. So Tom, I uh, just want to say to you, you know, keep talking. We're we're yeah. all on your side. I think you know that, but just, mm-hmm. just keep talking. Thank you for sharing your story. And, um, you know, there's there's other people that are going through sort of similar situations. So I'll say this personally to you, Tom. Keep talking. And like I say, we're on your side. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not, yeah. you're not alone. You're not alone. 
And with that, just to just to finish up, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you all. Um, and it, hopefully, like I say, it, it will help someone, one person get the support they need. Then it's it's all so worth it for us coming together. But there is, I, I you know, obviously I'm over here in Ireland. We have um, a few contact numbers. There's Peter House here, um, 1-800-247-247 if somebody's struggling. And there's the crisis text line as well, 50808. And in England, you guys feel free to chip in. There's the Samaritans, 116-123. And then there's the uh, tech shout crisis text line, 85258. And for the under-19s, it's child line. But if there's any others, please add if there's anything that people need to, you know, put it out there. We're all listening. There is one. There is one that I haven't got written down, but I will tweet out. Um, yeah, please do. Any, space. Yeah, th- this is going out uh, pretty shortly. So mm-hmm. any anything you want to add to it afterwards? Any comments? Any any messages? Anything? You know, we're all here. Yeah. All, you know, social media, whatever. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you so much to all of you to hear your stories again. And it means the world to me personally um, to speak to you because I haven't been to you for so long um, and to, to be with Mark on this. Um, thank you. Look after yourselves. And, Johnny, can, uh, I, can I just mention one final thing? Yeah, yeah, of course, Cam. Um, obviously, there are a lot of uh, charities out there just just look for them online you'll be able to find them but one thing that you can do which i've done that's that's helped me is i contacted my gp actually the the nhs does does sometimes come in for criticism but they are taking this really seriously so you will get support um they'll put you in touch with a counselor so i've done something called talking therapy they prescribe some medication as well um so you know, look out for the different charities, the different support groups, and and contact your GP. Um, don't don't feel like you know you you can't do that. You can. They they will. They're on your side, so they'll they'll take it seriously. They'll listen to you, and they'll yeah. they'll get you the treatment you need. So just want to say that as well. Thank can you. I just Thanks, say guys. one more. Can I say one more thing as well. Um, yeah. Just yeah. Just having like you know. Asperger's it has its good moments and it's bad the worst being that traumatic experience I had but it also brings great moments like uh, in like in work it just brings so much enthusiasm to the to, to the job and eagerness to learn and that and it just meeting great people and just something like that as well are part of the great moments it kind of strives me the, I suppose the, the, the bad moments are stuff to learn on as well so it's a uh, handy out you know keep going forwards mate that's it keep going forwards yeah. three boards absolutely absolutely brilliant. take care of yourselves folks and thanks again see you soon have a good weekend yeah. bye bye good weekend a good weekend bye. my weekend <laughs> take care good luck. thanks everyone thanks for joining us really appreciate that it was a pleasure well, man. sports social podcast network Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.